You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. I'm Nate Kading, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Business Journal podcast, where we explore the life and careers of the Corridor's most influential business leaders. University of Iowa head wrestling coach Tom Brands knows a thing or two about motivating individuals while achieving big team goals. His approach to success on the mat is directly applicable to success in business. Right now, he's in the middle of one of the best Hawkeye wrestling seasons in decades and was kind enough to sit down with me at Carver Hawkeye Arena for a quick chat about his simple philosophies on success. Coach Brands talked to me about selling success to recruits without focusing on selling, how to motivate team members who may not be in the roles they aspire to be in, and why he has so much appreciation for one of his own mentors who happens to be a business leader right here in the corridor. He also shared his insights about the importance of personal satisfaction, filling big shoes that come with the highest expectations, and how his own work-life balance strategy led him to a new appreciation of Broadway. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. Stay tuned. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, here in the bowels of Carver Hawkeye Arena, right in the middle of the, uh, the great wrestling season. Um, first of all, you know, this is a business podcast. We talk about business first and foremost, but also, um, you know, we, we foray over into sports a few times. And there's a lot of learnings from what you've built here with the Iowa wrestling program that can be applied outside of uh, these four walls here at Carver Hawkeye Arena. But one of the you know most legendary things in the state of Iowa is the Iowa wrestling culture. And, you know, of course, in business, there's also cultures in each each uh, each company. Describe the, the Iowa wrestling culture, what that, what that means, what it is. If you're sitting in a living room with a recruit, how do you describe what that Iowa wrestling culture is? Well, here's the thing. I mean, you said that we can, you know, be a, maybe an example for people outside these walls, but uh, entities, businesses, re- relationships outside these walls are a benefit to us, too, and there are mentors. So it goes both ways. Uh, you can find excellent people and organizations a lot of different ways and places. Uh, sometimes you have to look hard because a rare mentality is rare, um, but it doesn't have to be limited to just sports. So to describe the culture is, is in a nutshell, is we want our guys to feel good about where they're at today and about where they're headed. And if you think about that statement, that's pretty basic um, for being the best that you can be every day. Um, that means that when you are in a role that you don't like, you still have to get better and you still have to support, uh, the overall organization. And when you can do that, then you're going to see the energy that maybe the public's been talking about with our bench, which has been a topic, uh, this year where we have a lot of energy from the people that are sitting on our bench, the, the athletes that aren't necessarily the starters. And that's because they've embraced a role that they don't necessarily want to be in, but they also realize that it's an important job, if you want to call it that, and they're doing it at a high level. And as this culture for you is obviously something very deliberate, you guys work on it from the top down, but how has that your approach to building a successful culture changed throughout your coaching career here at Iowa? Well, first of all, I know that mentality can be taught and I know that mentality can be coached. 
Um, but I also know that there has to be a certain innateness to it as well when you're recruiting. Um, What's the mentality test? If you're out in a, you're, in a living room or talking, well, how, you, do you, how do you gauge you that? You look at how someone handles a loss. And, you know, you think about, you know, a guy like Patton who's famous for saying, I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for a man who lost and laughed. But that's not overriding either because sometimes you have to forgive yourself in a healthy way. Uh, but you can be hard on yourself in a healthy way too. Um, you listen, you look, you, you ask questions to the people that you know and trust in the sport um, because it really is a small world when you're talking about the very, very best in whatever you're doing, whether it's wrestling or anything else. So uh, we rely a lot on that intelligence. Um, we have a guy, Ryan Morningstar, who has very good people skills. He's very popular with people. And, you know, he can, he can find a contact that knows somebody that knows somebody to figure out the real dope on what's going on. So that's how you do it. Right. That's how you do it. And someone like you that's grown up in the sport around the state of Iowa, your, your story is very well known. Obviously, you know, grew up wrestling, came here, was a very successful All-American National Championship wrestler in your own right here at the University of Iowa, was coaching and leading a team. Was that always something that was a dream of yours? Talk a bit about it's – all, it's all you've done in your professional career, right? Yeah. It's, it's coach. Talk a bit about um, your evolution going from a wrestler, the athlete, into, into Tom Brands, the coach, the leader. I think when, when – I graduated, it was like, this is what I'm going to do, but I'm still going to wrestle internationally. And I was fortunate to be hired right out of college. And while I was still competing internationally, I was Gable's second right-hand man. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Zaleski was the right-hand man. Um, so th that was good. Um, when I was young and, and wrestling for Gable as a first-year freshman, I was an assistant coach in his camp to a guy named Greg Randall. So I learned a lot in that two-week training camp. Um, and then, hey, this is something that's very rewarding. And you got to work hard at it, but it's rewarding. And so um, that's kind of how it comes about. And the next thing you know, you have a real platform and footprint because of the success, not that you had in college, but that continued at a high level in international. And so, not to pat myself on the back too much, but you became a household name, and now all of a sudden, your name carries weight. So there's, you know, I want to be a head coach. Sure. I want to go take this somewhere else. This is, opportunity isn't open. And then I got the opportunity to go to Virginia Tech for 22 months. Best thing I ever did, and a very re rewarding. And then was fortunate to come back to my alma mater and... You know, we won three titles, haven't won since 2010. Um, we need to, you know, continue to get better every day. And we know that this is a unique place where the fans, the administration, the coaching staff, the athletes that we recruit, their families are all on the same page in regards to that there's an elite level um, performance standard that we're all trying to meet sure. and there's no discrepancy there our fans expect the best and they want to be entertained with great wrestling that's not everywhere that doesn't happen everywhere there's maybe two or three places where that is real mm -hmm. and so that's a great uh thing that you have that kind of accountability and relationship from an understanding fan base where not understanding if you don't perform, but understanding really what the sport of wrestling is. And so you hear the noise start in that arena right. before... It's a knowledgeable group. Yeah, very they, they knowledgeable. Know, they know the sport. 
Bingo. Take us back a bit to the your time at Virginia Tech and your first real chance as a as a head coach. Talk a bit. Is there a lesson learned, or was there a moment there that you felt like there was the biggest growth, or a problem you solved as a head coach? Not a lesson learned. It was a great experience because um, you didn't need Iowa, uh, you didn't need Gable. Uh, we had Tom Brands, Doug Schwab, and Wes Hand, and we recruited the number one recruiting class in America our first year there. Um, it's about energy. It's about mentality. It's about a consistent message. It's about doing your homework. And that class that we recruited at Virginia Tech, when we came back here 22 months later, followed us. Uh, Brent Medcalf was in that class. Joe Slayton was in that mm-hmm. class. Um, you know, there was some, Jay Borsha was in that class. You know, those three guys were all finalists. And Medcalf and Borsha both won titles. Medcalf won two titles. Borsha was an undefeated national champion, also a rare thing. Right. So two of those guys, Slayton and Borsha, were from Iowa. One was from Michigan. Um, and it just, it's one of those things where, you know what, I got my shot. Go show them what you can do, stud. Right. Recruiting, I mean, that's an interesting, all, all my friends are Division One coaches in a variety of different capacities. They always, you know. Recruiting is a, is a part of the job. Some love it, some some not so much. What's the, do you have an art? How, how would you define the art of recruiting? You, or, or is it real simple? You sit down in the living room and tell them what's going it's on. It's not or? simple because it's, it's, it's blending relationship or character, um, maybe even character flaws and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, because I have flaws. Um, so it's, it's, but the thing is, it's when you speak the same language, what I was going to say is the easy answer is consistency. You know, give a consistent message. This is what we're about. It's high level. If you're about that and I'm about that, we're always going to be on the same page. And sometimes that unravels after time here. But most of the time, if you do your homework, even when guys maybe don't have the career that, you know, as high school blue chip recruit, they were predicted to have, um, even if they don't and you, that consistent message is met by both parties, you can have an intact relationship at the end. And we've been able to do that. Yeah. Um, not always, but a lot of, a lot of um, satisfaction with guys leaving here and future ambassadors um, because of their experience here, even if they didn't really get what they wanted. And that's probably one of the things that you know I'm proudest of is that and if, it's, if it doesn't jive, then it's not because I lowered my standard or didn't do my job. It's because, hey, Stud, you want to go a different direction? Go ahead. Right. And that, we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Would you call – you start telling the message what I wrestling is. Is that – would you describe that as sales? Are you, are, you, are you selling someone on the University of Iowa or is it like, no, hey, here's, here's think, who we are? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, they, if they need convincing, a, then, then they're yeah, probably not I mean, the best fit. Sales is a funny word to me, uh, but I know this is a business – um, something cast. I don't know if it's a blog <laughs> cast or a podcast, but anyway, I don't know which one's video, but, uh, sales. Yeah, maybe. But are you selling something? Because, you know, I'm not trying to convince you to do something that you may or may not want to do, but there's a lot of reward, even if it's really, really not for me. Meaning I'm talking from the recruiting yeah. recruits aspect or point of view. It's, this is what we got. Here's how you fit into it. We're partners in this deal. We think it's right for you. Do you think it's right for you? And if it is, there's no other place to be. And you can't put that on sale. So if everything's even and you're coming here, then you should be coming here. Right. And we'll make that happen. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
How about into the wrestling room? And, and the guys walk in there, and there's obviously legendary stories about what goes on in, the, in an Iowa wrestling room. But how would you describe uh, what a typical practice is and looks like? How do you structure it? You know, how, how it uh, kind of ebbs and flows throughout the course of a season. Walk us through. Take us into that room. Well, the general thing is, is that in the early in the season, it's more individual and probably the workouts are a little bit longer, not as structured, uh, more on their own. They come in, they get what they want, make sure they get what they want. And then, you know, they, they, uh, they, they leave and they feel pretty good. Um, when you start getting into the season, uh, there'd be more structure, technical things for the team. Uh, and then, you know, October, November, October 10th is our first day. Mm-hmm. So October, November, that, those could be, you know, get into the two hour sure. range. But by now in February, you're down to an hour, hour 20, hour 30, hour 40 max. Yeah. And it's intense and it's in and out and they're still getting what they need. Uh, but it's, it's very individualized because we might have a team workout where, you know, all of a sudden we're going to Michael Kemmer and we're saying, hey, why don't you... Why don't you cool down right now? Yeah. We can jump in there and pump up, hit some hammer curls and some pull-ups and, and, and work on your stance and motion, something like that. And then the rest of the team is still under structure. Yeah. So it's very loose plan. It's a very flexible plan. There is a plan in place. Uh, but I think you're really, really... Highly individualized. To the- because it's an individual sport. Right. Which is interesting paradigm in the sense that you've got to one person out of the middle of the mat, but it is still a, in the end, it's a team, you know, you guys are going to Minneapolis, going and for that national title. The team to team best by taking your care time. of your own business. Right. So how much do you, how much are you addressing the team as a team? Obviously there's a lot of individual work. How much is that? Does that go on? You address the team by, Hey, get ready for your match. And when you get ready for your match, there's nobody better. Okay. And that's what Michael Kemmer had to do. Um, he saw his teammate go down. The guy never, Alex Marinelli, never lost in Carver Hawkeye Arena before. I don't know if that's a stat that people are familiar with. Alex Marinelli tried to kind of put the whole team on his shoulders and tried to pin the guy the whole dang match. You need to wrestle your match, Marinelli. Stay in your position. That guy beat Marinelli the only way that guy's going to ever beat Marinelli. So we'll learn from that. But Michael Kemmer stayed in his head and got ready for his match, and good things happened. That was a huge match. We won three out of four down the stretch. Last four matches, we won three out of four. Are you bringing these guys all together at all as a, as a team and talking to them much at all? Every that... day we're together, but so in a team that... meeting each day, basically. Yeah. yeah. But in 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 the regard, you're at the beginning of the duel before you go down for introductions. It's a quick message, um, but it's not. There's not another team member. Like at halftime, we didn't come up and say, "Okay, we're in it now." DeSanto had an injury default. You know, now hey, we got to have you guys step up. No, right? Hey, Kemmer, wrestle your match. Hey, Marinelli, wrestle your match. Yeah. Another thing that I've always admired about wrestling and your guys' approach to it, especially here at the University of Iowa, is just the ability to define weaknesses but then create a plan to fix those things. I think that's one of the things I know Coach Gable's spoken a lot about is hey, here being objective enough, being humble enough, having good coaches around you enough as athletes where you can pick up on these little things that maybe you need a bit of improvement on and then figuring out creative ways to get better at it. Talk a bit about your approach to um, you know, battling complacency and helping people improve and identifying weaknesses. Complacency is a mindset and excellency is a mindset. And so if there's complacency, you know what? You don't have to look very far to find a, an example 
to rejuvenate you if you need that. Yeah, it's fragile. Shouldn't need it, but yeah. if you need it, you don't have to look too far. I mean, you look to your right, you look to your left, there's some pretty high-level guys. Right. I mean, we have Olympic champions, world champions. We have national champions in that wrestling room, and um, we have guys that, that get up every day, and if there's complacency, then, you know, figure it out for yourself. But what we tell people in those types of situations is find a reason to be successful, and there's a lot of reasons to be successful, whether it's your family or yourself or future or whatever. Um, the biggest thing, though, is satisfaction and doing what no one else is able to do. And the thing is, is, you know, and I'm, I'm going back to Pat and not intentionally, but, you know, did you um, put your grandkid on your knee and say that you shoveled, you know what, in Louisiana? Or did you <laughs> put your grandkid on your knee and say, hey, I was part of that Normandy invasion and I did my job? Right. Um, and that, that's, what, that's, that's, that, that's a great metaphor. Like I did, you know, we have some backups. We had three backups win matches at Michigan State. Carter Happel, Paul Glenn, and Jeremiah Moody. Those guys got a story to tell their grandkids when they sit on their knee. Yeah. You mentioned General Patton and history a few times already, but is there where else have you taken inspiration from outside of wrestling and sports? Are there other, you know, what, what are you reading? Are you following certain people? You other read, you know, here's the thing. I think that there's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the world's full of those business books. But if I had to single one out, it would be, you know, X, cell or rate. It's, an, it's like X, the letter X, L, R, and then eight. Um, this Cotter guy, and you know what? The main idea of 200 pages of that book is is I want as many people as possible running as fast as possible to the exact same place. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of room for deviation there. There's not a lot of room for misunderstanding if you, if you have that philosophy. So um, it's a pretty complicated book, though. So if you're really interested in what um, you know, I spend my time on, it's, 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 it's probably that one. It's older. Um, but, you know, there's other ones, and you see them, and people put them in front of you, and you more, more or less get the main idea of it. But the biggest thing is is that we have a plan that we believe in. It's solid, uh, but it's very flexible. It's very loose, and it's very individualized. Who have, you, who have been your mentors, um, maybe outside of the wrestling world, as you've grown as professionally as a head coach? Have there been people you've leaned on, uh, either think, locally or nationally? Yeah, I think you draw on your past experience when you achieved high-level um, results, you know, Gable, my relationship with him when he would, I mean, here's the thing. Gable as my coach was perfect for me. doesn't mean everything was perfect. And my results were spotless because everybody knows they weren't lost a lot of matches. When I say a lot, it was a handful to some people, but for me, it's a lot. <laughs> um, you didn't miss very many field goals, but in your mind, um, yeah, you know, there's some you'd like to have back and I look the same way in my career. But the biggest thing is, is that you aren't closed minded. And so the people that can help you, uh, to get to where you want to go. And then all of a sudden there's trust there. Those are the people that are your mentors and, you know, um, partners are my, are my mentors. And I mentioned a guy, Randy Novak, he's our Hawkeye Wrestling Club board president. Mm-hmm. He's Novak Heating and Air. Yeah. And he would scoff if he heard me say that he is a mentor of mine, but he's a mentor because he's trustworthy. And when we bounce things off each other and we don't agree, we're still lockstep at the end, meaning we're going the same direction as fast as possible and trying to recruit a bunch of people to go with us. Sure. Um, So the mentors are the relationships. You know, Ryan Morningstar, Bobby Telford, Terry Brands, that's our 
our core group um, in our staff. Uh, Quinn Holland's our strength coach. Jesse Donenworth is our trainer. And then you have Andy Peterson, you have Westerman, you have Boyer, you have um, you know, Dr. Wolf, those are, that's our medical team. All your colleagues and peers and yeah. mentors. Yeah, so they're all boards. mentors, yeah. and, and you rely on them. And when you trust them, uh, there's nothing better than that. What do you want people, if you were to fast forward 10, 15, 20 years from now, and you're at a point when you're looking back on your career, what do you want people to be to know you as Coach Brands, the head coach? I don't even think of that. Um, a lot of people have an answer ready to go. I, I don't. I don't even think in those ways. We do our job every day. We make mistakes, uh, but we know that we're purely motivated. Um, the Bible's an important um, thing in my life. Mm-hmm. My faith is important. I probably don't talk about it as much as Jesus taught us to talk about <laughs> it, but um, we know that our energy is geared the right way because there's nothing else. And it's wrestling, and we want wrestling at the highest level here, and that that's our direction. And like I said, it's purely motivated, and that doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes, and that doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect as you as you operate. Um, but when you're communicating honestly, you know what? When you do make mistakes, you get past it quick, and we've had progress. You know, you look at DeSanto. You know, a year ago, he was uh, the bad boy of wrestling, and he's really grown. Right. And so you can hang your hat on growth and moving forward and and, and things that are, are real in the world. How do you balance? You, you hear a lot about, you know, work-life balance, those sort of things. I mean, but in sports, maybe even wrestling mentality specifically, there's, you know, people are – it's notorious for – Hey, you know, that kind of single mindedness, we're going to achieve the goal, we're going to win. Do you ever think at all about like, you know, are you trying to strike a balance? Has it ever been a problem with you? I mean, you get some people that are pretty legendary for their kind of commitment and sort of single mindedness towards attacking that goal, winning a championship or whatever that might be. That's a great question. And the thing is, is first of all, I have the right wife, Jenny Brands, not a scorekeeper. Neither one of us were. Um, the second thing is, is my circle is very small. So family is very important. Wrestling is very important. My faith is very important. There's not much else in that circle. Maybe running a chainsaw in the off season, um, is important. But my point is, is that my circle isn't filled with agents and speaking engagements and how can I you know, make an extra 200000 a year, which I probably could if you were smart. And I've had people tell me that I'm not very smart because I haven't cashed in <laughs> on, you know, an Olympic gold medal and being the head coach at one of the, that's not important to me. But what's important to me is that we do our job at the highest level. So the balance is easy when your circle's small. And remember, priorities is not a word that was real when the word priority was created. There's no such thing as more than one priorities. So my priority is my circle. And in that circle is wrestling, family, faith. Pretty simple. Not saying that I don't enjoy things, um, you know, but, you know, I went to New York this summer with my son and went to four Broadway plays. I'd never been to Broadway before (laughs) and I didn't dread it, but I was like, this isn't for me. And man, it was freaking awesome. Yeah. So his kind of expertise or what he wants to pursue in life got me to do that. 
because I was in North Carolina at the first stage of the Olympic trials and missed his graduation. People are like, how can you miss your son's graduation? He had work to do. Okay, but we'll go to New York. It's cool. Turned out being great. What shows did you see on Broadway? Uh, we saw, I tell you what, the first one we went to, the coolest guy in America walked out. <laughs> and he walked out, and this guy started singing. And he was the coolest cat in America. And I can't remember it now, but um, it won a bunch of awards. I saw Cher. I mean, <laughs> who would have thought? But, um, um, you know, this one, oh, Hades Town. That was the first okay. one. And the guy in that opening scene, he was the coolest cat in America. <laughs> Walked out and started belting out a tune. And I like it. Besides the occasional uh, trip to Broadway, what else? I know you talked, to, which is which is an awesome message about that that tight circle and the focus. But if you do sneak away a few minutes outside of wrestling and those things in that circle, what, I know you're you're a hunter and you mentioned chainsaw. But there's got to be a few other things you're doing in some spare time. You're well, foodie. We, I see you around town. You know all the best yeah, spots to we, eat. Too. We yeah, definitely got to have a good meal. But um, here's the thing: Iowa City is unique that way. Holy smokes! I mean. You know, probably the place my wife and I frequent the most is 126. and That's a great spot. So, but anyway, um, that's the evening stuff. But there's a lot of breakfast and leaf and, you know. But that's here's the thing. Po- that's our food podcast. That's next, next but, time. Uh, here's the thing. Um, the best thing that I did for my family was every year we went away. We went to the Redwoods. We went to, you know, western South Dakota. We went to Jackson, Wyoming. We went to Montana. How long would you go? And we would go anywhere from six to 10 days. Mm -hmm. We went to Tahoe. We went every year we went somewhere. And that's the best advice that I can give anybody with a a young family. Make time and do it at a young age and make it habitual, you know, every summer. And you're you're not too busy. And it's hard when you're leaving, but you know what? You turn the phone off for five or six or eight days and I would make myself do it and there was no greater peace in my life. Yeah. That's awesome. Coach, is there a, a formula for success in your mind? Be real, be pure, be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror, own it. You can't do much more than that. I don't know if there's a formula, but if you're if you're purely motivated, nobody will, I mean, they can't call you a liar. They call, can't call you a cheater. They can't call you a shortcutter. And you're going to have a lot of friends that are worthy, maybe a lot of number of friends, but you're going to have a lot of worthy <laughs> friends. Well, Coach, we, uh, we like to finish up these interviews with just some kind of quick rapid-fire questions. Um, real quick, how much of your success uh, – I, I want to hear the answer to this one. This will be good. Would you contribute to luck versus hard work? Balance. Um, I don't believe in luck, but hard work, you know, I, you can – here's the thing. You're not guaranteed success with hard work. Yeah. We got guys that we have to set straight, quote, uh, all the time. I work so hard, and I work <laughs> harder than anybody, and I lost that match. And, oh, dang it. You're not guaranteed. You yeah. got to be working hard. You got to be smart. You got to be disciplined. You know, there's a lot of things. And and then, not only what guarantee is there by working hard in that practice room if you're not going to show up and be smart and savvy, and work hard during that match. And sure. that's the thing. Work hard during your match, because we are. It's a cruel, but correct rule that we are judged by our performance in a seven minute match. Right. That's great. Given the chance, this one I want to hear too. What profession, other than your own, would you most like to attempt? Can't answer it. I don't know. That's a, that just <laughs> that's kind of half. That's almost that's, what I thought you'd say. That's really hard. Uh, 
Just how about that? one day? You can you, you that old. Uh, you got any here, real, you, real jobs? I, I work for you. <laughs> yeah, assistant, personal assistant. That's good. Okay, that, that, that's almost fitting. I, I kind of figured you'd say there's, there'd be nothing else. That's really uh, hard. That's that can't, can't just doesn't something pop into my mind. You know? How about is there a leader? Um, it could be in business. It could be somewhere else in sports. Is there someone else that you've looked up to or admired? We pay a lot of attention to Iowa Hawkeye football. Um, you know, we pay a lot. I have a good relationship with Fran McCaffrey and, and really all the sports, but uh, we pay a lot of attention to Iowa football. There's something there when, you know, the head coach um, has four sons that wrestled and they were pretty good. Yeah. And they did it pretty good in the trenches on that gridiron. And then uh, he made time for us when this guy named Spencer Lee came to town when we asked him. And it's a funny story that I think, I don't know if you've heard it before, I'll tell it real quick, but we asked, we called over there because it was getting stale, and well, hey, let's see if we get fair, it's because Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. Pennsylvania, and um, we called Federici, and we said, hey, can we get in? And he goes, well, when are you thinking? Like, I'll look at the calendar, and I said, like, 45 minutes from now, <laughs> and he got us in there, and Terry and I went in with Spencer Lee, and we sat down on a couch with Ferentz, and looked at each other, and we were actually intruding because they were just getting along famously, and we got up and left. <laughs> and an hour, hour and 15 minutes later, hey, you can come get your boy. He's ready to go. <laughs> so they, uh, I mean, the so, closer. yeah, He's we, the closer. We, we pay a lot of attention to him. And, and I always give him the ultimate compliment. Um, I could have played for Coach Ferentz. I love his style. and Yeah, I know he thinks an awful lot of what you guys have built here in the wrestling program also. Um how about it? Is there a TV show, a movie, something that's that's an all-time favorite? You rattled off some good General Patton quotes. Yeah, but. movies are. I love movies. I'm a chick flick uh, closet <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> you know, The Proposal. I mean, that's Sandra Bullock. That's pretty funny. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. My my, uh, we, we enjoy movies. We we enjoy that. What's your favorite? You got a favorite sports movie? Uh, comes, I mean... Wild Thing song. What's that? Major League. Yeah. I mean, when, when he can't see what, you know, the <laughs> picture and then they put glasses on him and he walks out and whips some tail on that mound. Yeah. Can't beat it. That's one-on-one, -on -one, too. That's wrestling. Pitcher versus batter is wrestling. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, I was going to say, and it popped into my head when we were talking, is what you did is the same as stay, hey, wrestle your match mm -hmm. because you weren't part yeah. of the team effort you were you that snap had to be right in the center and blah blah and then block they couldn't block it but there's a bit you, of an outlier compared you, to the other yeah, positions you had to of football. get off to yourself yeah. and get ready hey go kick your field goal stud it's, it's a lonely, <laughs> that's a lonely world that out in the middle of the mat those are two more and lonely i was just spots talking to one of our guys where you know what it is lonely when you are the best when you are the elite of the elite and it's lonely and you crave that loneliness yeah you crave it Absolutely. Kobe Bryant just, you know, passed, and I was a fan of his anyway, but, um, you know, and I knew some of his quotes, but the best ones aren't the ones that he said. It's the ones that people said about him, and the one that stands out the most with me is when that, that Jerry West was talking about how he worked on his weaknesses, not his strong points, worked on his weaknesses every year and came back a different, better player every year. That's hard to do when you yeah. work on your weaknesses, right? Absolutely. That's great advice. Uh, 30 extra minutes in a day, what would you do with it? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. That's silly. <laughs> I mean, um, um, here's the thing. If I needed 30 extra minutes a day, I'd set my alarm 30 minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, how about a motivational quote? Is there something that hangs on the, on the wall in the wrestling room or something? Attitude is everything, man. Attitude is everything. So I like it. And then in one sentence, how would you define success? 
what's real and pure and what are you willing to to do to get it done and don't just be a better version of yourself be a better version of yourself that has results at the end of the day and there's a difference there's a difference there because sometimes being the best version of yourself isn't enough and so that's where your imagination comes into play and and that's that's what gable did yeah that's great awesome coach really appreciate the time and uh good luck here the rest of the season hey this was fun man thanks yep This episode was produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.